If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Let's go over to Romans chapter 11. Uh, We are uh, finishing this chapter tonight. We've been walking through the book of Romans on Wednesday nights. The marvelous, marvelous book. And uh, walking through uh, 9 and 10 and 11 and and talking about all three of those chapters really are, I think they should be one chapter um, because it's all one theme. And it's talking about the the Jews and the Gentiles and and how God is dealing with the Jews and how God is dealing with the Gentiles. And it's it's a bit theological, so just bear with me tonight as I I walk you through some of these things. Um, But all of these things are important for us to learn because remember the gospel is to the who first. The Jew first and also to the Greek. And remember that the scripture teaches. Actually, you know what? Before we get down to Romans 11. No, no, we need to do it. Stay on course, Eric Holler. Stay on course. All right, verse 28. Let's go to verse 28. It's in my notes. I just need to chill out. I'll get there. All right. This is like, this is how it is in our class, isn't it, Jesse? Teaching Corinthian letters, and we just go all over the place and Christ for the nations. Anyway. Uh, verse 28, concerning the gospel, they are enemies. And it's speaking, actually, let's look at verse 27. <laughs> For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And this is God specifically speaking of Israel, okay? Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning the election, which we talked about, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Now, I want to just bring up the amplified version, if we could, for this, and maybe uh, give a little bit more uh, understanding of this. Uh, Verse 28, if you would. Uh, From the point of view of the gospel, good news, that is, they, the Jews at present, are enemies of God. I'll explain that in just a moment. Which is for your advantage and benefit. But from the point of view of God's choice of election, of divine selection, they are still the beloved dear to him for the sake of their forefathers. Now, now what that's saying is for the sake of Abraham, really, God would not do away with the entire Jewish nation. He just wouldn't do it for the sake of Abraham. Remember how he continued to even talk about the house of David, that it would be established forever? And we know that Jesus Christ himself, being the son of David, will sit on the literal throne of David. Someday he will come and he will establish his kingdom on the earth. But so it's talking about, it's from God's point, the reason he kept a, a select group of Jews is for his friend Abraham. Because he told him he was going to make an everlasting covenant with him. All right, so Paul talked about how many of them have come into blindness because they didn't believe the gospel. But God hasn't cast them all away. Paul says, I'm not cast away. <laughs> I got in this thing. So God has not cast all of them away, but he has kept a, a, a selection of us But then later on, he talks about how all Israel will be saved. Now, it doesn't mean every Jew in the world. It just means that God is going to complete his work with the Jews. But right now, that time is suspended. It's called the time of the pagans. Gentiles, same thing, all right? This is is you. This is how we came in. God has suspended doing business with the Jews for the sake of the church, which is his body, for the sake of this mystery that was hidden through the ages, which is Christ in you Gentiles. That was the mystery. Nobody saw that coming. The Jews certainly didn't see that coming, that God would open up his favor, his blessing, his covenants of promise to all of the world. All right? At one time, it was strictly for Israel. It was strictly for the Jews. 
But remember, he talked about the, the branches and things like that. So, uh, so as far as the gospel is concerned, uh, from the point of view of the gospel, they, the Jews at present, are enemies of God, which is for your advantage and benefit. Because the gospel doesn't make sense to somebody who's bound up in religion. It doesn't make sense because religion says you've got to do good and you've got to do right and you've got to do this and do it. The gospel says none of that matters. The gospel says Jesus did all that was necessary, so you just believe on him by faith and you receive salvation. That I mean, that completely goes against any kind of religious thinking. And we have to continually get religious thinking out of our heads, right? How many of you found out that that's something you have to stay on top of, right? Because if we're left to our own self... We'll, we'll, we will find ourselves trying to please God through human effort. We're trying to be good. And hopefully God will Amen. notice. Listen, he already noticed. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Amen. You already Amen. have his favor. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself. All right? Amen. So you're not here to, you, God, well, I've told you this before, but at, you know, one time he had the, all of the, the, there were the Israelites and the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, all those. Now he just has favorites. You're one of them. All right? You're one of them. Come on, tell somebody you're his favorite. Turn to him. Tell him you are his favorite. I don't know why God's so good. I don't know why he chose to do that, but I sure am glad he did. God didn't have to choose all of us, but he did. He chose us in him. And see, here's the thing. This is how much God believes in his son's sacrifice and the value of his blood being shed for us. That he believes that Jesus' blood earned every soul of man. Every soul of man. He didn't just earn a certain group of people. That blood earned every soul. And every soul that will receive Jesus by faith will receive all the benefits of what that blood yeah. means for us. Right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So from God's point of view, see, the world is reconciled. That's why it's erroneous to think God's angry at us. He's not angry. If he's angry at you, then he's unjust. If he's angry with you, then he's not just because he can't be angry at his son for your sins and then get angry at you too. Amen. All right? He got angry at Jesus. He poured out his wrath on his son, Jesus. We don't even understand the immensity of what Jesus took on for our sake. So that God would see us through his son in love, in love and grace and favor. Amen. So, uh, verse 30 of Romans 11. Oh, no, no, I need to talk about this. For the gifts of God, the gifts and callings, verse 29, I'm sorry, Brooke are irrevocable or cannot be reversed. Man. Have you ever had somebody give you a gift and then threaten you to, that they will take that gift from you? If you didn't act right or, or they gave it to you and then later on they, you, you realize there were a lot of strings attached to that gift and so they manipulated you you mean I did that for you and now you won't do this for me? Right? That's not a gift. That's not, that's not a gift. Amen. All right? That is a wage. If I have to earn it, then that's a wage. It's no longer a gift. Amen. 
A gift is, it's yours. Free to yeah. do with it what you want. Amen. And I'm not going to hang it over your head. All right? Watch. The gifts and callings of God are irreversible. Every person that is conceived in their mother's womb is gifted by God. Somewhere in that time of conception, between conception and birth, God, as David said, I love this, you knit me together in the secret place. You formed my inward parts. You saw my substance when there really wasn't much to my substance at that time. And you, ah, it's at that time God began to work his plan in you, to, to put yeah. gifts in you, right. to put your destiny together for life so that when you're born, your gift, everyone is gifted by God. But the sad thing yeah. is not everybody acknowledges him with those gifts. I mean, they can go their entire life never receiving Christ in their life, but still yet have those gifts. Yeah, yeah. amen. Hmm? They're just using the gifts for the wrong way with no acknowledgement of the gift giver. Yeah. All right? Amen. So all of us are gifted in some way, but it all comes from God. What does James say? Don't be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above yeah. and comes down from the Amen. Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning, which means he's going to be good and he will never change. He will always be good. He yeah. is good and he will Amen. always be good. All right? He's not a, he doesn't bless you one day and then blast you the next. Yeah. Amen. Jesus stopped all the blasting. <laughs> yes. So, and I'm saying that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. The gifts that he gives, he doesn't take them back. Now let me ask you a question. Is grace a gift? Is salvation a gift? Yeah. All right. It's irreversible. That's what that scripture says. The gifts and the calling of God are irreversible. Wow. That goes against a whole lot of teaching I grew up in. Right? We, we're held over hell's fire a lot. Anybody else go to that church? You know what I'm talking about? Right? Huh? Scared. Scared every week. Get down to the altar and just make sure one more time. Right? It's just this schizophrenic relationship. It was awful. I was scared to death of God. Then I started reading the Bible. I thought, oh, well, that guy was just a dummy that told me that. That's not what the Bible says. <laughs> All right. Let's go to verse 34. As you were once disobedient to God... And I skipped a bunch of stuff. Oh, no, no, we got to go to Ephesians now. Yeah, Ephesians 3. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Everybody all right? Yeah, amen. And I skipped a ton of stuff. What the heck was I doing? <laughs> I don't know where. How did this happen? Okay. Okay, we're going to kind of go backwards here, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 1. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already. And we, we know what this mystery is, but he's going to remind us here. 
by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. I want to say something about this right here. This verse alone is a good learning lesson. By which when you read, you may understand the knowledge, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. When you read, you may understand. You understand how important it is to read your Bible? When you read, you may understand whose knowledge? Whose knowledge? Paul's knowledge. The revelation that Jesus gave to Paul. So we should spend most of our reading, 99% probably, in Paul's writings. All right? That we can understand his knowledge. Because again, I want to remind you, we wouldn't know anything about Jesus if it hadn't been for the Apostle Paul to come to the Gentiles. All right? Wouldn't know anything about him. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Verse 6, that the Gentiles, say that's me, should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ. How? Through the gospel. That's why the gospel is enemy and is an enemy to the Jews, and they are an enemy to the gospel, yeah. because this gospel said Gentiles get in too, and they're like, I don't like that gospel. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of it. This was the mystery that was hidden through the ages, remember. They didn't see, Isaiah didn't know this. David didn't know this. Even when they would say things like, alike to the Gentiles, they just meant we're going to show off to the rest of the world. That's in their minds, they weren't thinking that this light was going to break through the darkness where the Gentiles were and they would also come into salvation. All right? Even when Jesus told the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel, in their minds, that meant all the Jewish world. They had no idea that they were going to the Gentiles. No idea. And it wasn't until Acts chapter 10 that we finally saw, oh, Peter wakes up, you know, has this vision. The Lord says, don't call common what I've cleansed. And Peter finally standing in that pagan Gentile's house, Cornelius said, of a truth I perceive God is no respecter of persons. In other words, God has opened up his salvation for all mankind. Amazing. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. Wow. This is beautiful. Now go to Acts chapter 15, and I'm going to take maybe about 15 more minutes. Who will give me 15 more minutes? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll know if you will, because yeah. you'll just either get up and leave or you'll still be here. So... Either way, no sweat off my back. The nursery workers might not give me 15 more minutes. But. In, in Acts chapter 15 and verse 7, this is, this, is the, this is where a lot of disputes got settled. Uh, and, well, in this chapter, in Acts chapter 15. And... This is the, the council in Jerusalem where they finally settled some issues when it comes to the Gentiles and the Jews and how the gospel is preached and what manner of life they should live afterwards. Verse 7, And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And he's speaking about Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. The only thing that was similar between 
their experience and Cornelius' experience was that they spoke in tongues. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, remember it says, and suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared to them cloven tongues as a fire, divided tongues as a fire, and, and, and one set upon each of them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, right? So we had three things that happened in Acts chapter 2. There was the sound of wind. There was this fire that seemed to sit on, on their head, and they spoke in tongues. But in Cornelius' house, the only thing that was similar is there, was there, there was no wind, there was no fire, there was just tongues, all right? And Peter said he gave them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. <clears throat> all right. And made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. And remember, this is how this is the precedent-setting moment for how Gentiles get saved, and it was marvelous because it was nothing like I knew as I was growing up. We all had to say what's called the sinner's prayer, right? But at Cornelius' house, the very beginning, something quite different happened. Peter's just preaching the gospel, and he says to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, Whoever believes on him will receive remission of sins. And then verse 44 of 10, Acts 10 says, While Peter was yet speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as many as that come with Peter, those Jews that had come with Peter were astonished for they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. Well, how in the world could they speak in tongues? Non-believers don't speak in tongues. Jesus said these signs will follow believers. They'll speak in new tongues. How, how did this happen? Well, something happened when Peter talked about Jesus, whoever believes on him. Something happened in everyone in that house. They believed the gospel at that moment. That's what he said right here in Acts chapter 15. God purified their hearts by faith, and that's all God needed. And then he immediately said, all right, I'll take you. Here's the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, the next thing Peter hears is they're speaking in tongues. Can you imagine? Wait a second, we didn't pray the sinner's prayer. Right? The religion starts working. Wait a second, they didn't fill out a card. Right? They didn't even confess Jesus as Lord. What the heck happened? Are these people really saved? Well, they're speaking in tongues. I imagine they are. I mean, you don't see Peter scrutinize. I'm like, wait, now hang on. Is that a, some kind of witch crap going on right there? Let's make sure this is of God. No, they just believed it. They said it happened to them just like it happened to us. Hey, I just want to remind you, we are all believers. It's not our job to scrutinize and criticize. Don't we have enough of that in our nation, but not enough cynicism? Where are the believers? Yeah, amen. Huh? We're believers. Yeah, amen. Not doubters. Receivers, not go-withouters. All right. Verse 10 of Acts 15, now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? The yoke was, um, if you're going to be righteous, you have to be circumcised to prove that, right? Peter said, why are you putting this bondage on them? We couldn't even bear that bond. We couldn't even live up to the law. Are you kidding me? But we believe that through the grace, everybody shout grace, grace. that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Wow. Then all the multitude kept silent. Yeah, I mean, what do you say after that? And listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this 
The words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return. Watch. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up. Remember how the tabernacle of David operated? It was a big tent and the people came freely to worship. The ark was in the middle. It wasn't behind the veil in David's tabernacle. It was there in the middle. People could come all and worship there and worship freely before God. They, this is what they're saying. This is that time right now. The tabernacle of David, that era where all can come freely before God is now again. All right? So God has these dispensations of time called the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of David, which we are in, and then there's the temple of Solomon, which will come to pass again. And that is going to be when God, as Paul is talking about here in Romans 11, will go back to doing business with Israel. We need to jump over to Acts chapter 1 for a moment so that we can see what I'm talking about. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former account I made, this is the Luke writing, uh, I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began uh, both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given uh, commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, uh, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after Jesus is raised from the dead, he basically does this 40-day conference with his disciples, all right? And he's speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, meaning you will speak in tongues. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So somewhere in that conversation, in that 40 days, Jesus told them that God would restore the kingdom back to Israel. All right? So then they said, is this, is this time now? And watch what Jesus said. And he said, that it's not for you to know times of season which the Father has put in his own authority. And then verse 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. All right? So Jesus said, it's not that time right now. It's not that time right now. That time is coming. So we're in this dispensation of grace, otherwise known as the tabernacle of David, where we as Gentiles can come in freely and, and to worship, come into the presence of God together. It's a marvelous age of the church. Right. But this time is going to be wrapped up. This time will come to an end, and then God will begin to deal with Israel again and finish what he needs to finish with the nation right. of Israel. I don't understand all of that. I don't understand what he needs to do, and frankly, I don't care. Right. I'm not an eschatologist. I do know Jesus is coming back. Yeah. All right? Amen. All of these supposed experts that come and go year after year, year and write book after book after book and make money off of people. Year after year after year. Oh, no, this guy, no. Oh, he's an expert. <laughs> yeah, the last guy was an expert, too. I think we Gentiles need to get it in our head. It's not for us to know the times or the seasons. Yeah, amen. All right. Amen. Stop being so arrogant. People, come on. We're, we're in this thing by grace. Yeah. Quit acting like we know everything and, and stand in awe and wonder of Jesus. Right. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen. All right. So 
just a, just a, just a small picture of the tabernacle of Moses, tabernacle of David, and, tabern- and the, the temple of Solomon. And uh, uh, now my dad teaches this really cool thing, and, and you might just write this down and, and look through it, that even the New Testament can be divided up in those three things, Matthew uh, through Acts chapter 9. Uh, would represent the tabernacle of Moses. Acts chapter 10 through Philemon would represent the tabernacle of David, the time of the Gentiles, starting in Acts 10. And then Hebrews through Revelation, the temple of Solomon. All right. Are you still with me? Yes. Amen. Okay, I have five minutes. And we talked, oh, actually, you know what? Uh, we talked about this last week, sorry. I don't know. Just one of them. Testing one, two. Driving the sound man crazy. Is this thing on? Is this on? All right. Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse, verse 6. Sorry for those of you who are listening by podcast. <laughs> Forgot you were in the room. <laughs> okay. Verse 6, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something, added nothing to me. We talked about this last week. Paul is talking about Peter, James, and John here, okay? But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the who? Uncircumcised, come on, say, that's me, had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter. So Paul teaches us here there is a gospel for the uncircumcised and there's a gospel for the circumcised, all right? For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Now, those gospels have to do with the gospel of Christ and the gospel of the kingdom. All right? That's just a, that's a whole teaching, and I don't have time to get into that tonight. All right? The gospel of Christ has come to us. The gospel of the kingdom is to the Jews. And when James, Cephas, and John, Peter being Cephas, who seem to be pillars, seem to be, hey, man, their names are written on the foundation right? The foundation of the house of God, who seemed to be perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. So that's why I'm saying after Philemon, you have uh, Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation, all of those books will come into relevant factor for the Jews at that time. When the temple of Solomon, when God begins to do business with Israel again, all of those books of the Bible will really come alive for the Jews because that's what the message, those messages are to them largely. Okay? All right. Told you we're going to be kind of theological tonight. And let me finish out by reading verse 30 through 36, and we'll be done of chapter 11. And the next week, we're going to get into some real practical living kind of stuff in Romans chapter 12. We're going to be talking about renewing that mind, getting rid of stinking thinking. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet now have obtained mercy through their disobedience, speaking of the Jews, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past 
finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands to, to the Lord tonight. Father, thank you now for this time. Lord, I pray over your people as the Apostle Paul prayed for the church that you would grant to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for our Savior Jesus. Thank you that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and God raised him from the dead three days later. Thank you for the gospel that has come to us that whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. Now I declare over your people tonight that they will... When they go home and they lay yeah. on their beds tonight, that they will both lie down in peace and sleep. Yeah. For you alone, O oh Lord, make them dwell in safety. Yeah. Their children, Amen. all of their children shall be taught of the Lord, yeah. and great shall be Amen. their peace. Praise. I declare over your people, great grace yeah. and peace be multiplied Amen. to them from God our Father and the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty Amen. name, amen and amen. amen. All right. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you Sunday morning. All right. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 930 and 11 and Wednesday evenings at 7 and in Dallas 1030 Sunday mornings and our one o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.